Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Good morning everybody, I'm Steve and I'd like to welcome you all to today's Coach House Beacon. One thing is for sure on a cold December morning, and that is that summer holidays seem an awfully long way away. We were fortunate enough to be able to go to the seaside this summer. It wasn't that warm whilst we were there, but we did get to go to a couple of beaches. Perhaps you are already thinking of where you might like to go next year, and right now that might be a difficult choice. No one really knows whether we will be able to go abroad, so maybe we will all have to find places in Britain to go this year. Now when we go away, we all like to bring something back for friends or relatives. One of the things that we sometimes buy is sticks of rock. Quite why we buy these incredibly unhealthy sticks of pure sugar is beyond me, but there is, however, something interesting about a stick of rock that reminds me of the Bible. You see, the most feature, noticeable feature of a stick of rock is that they all have something written in them. You can see the word on both ends, and if you break the stick of rock in the middle, you can see that the same word is written all the way through it. Whether that's Blackpool, or Brighton, or Barnsley, it's clear all the way through, and it tells you exactly where the sugary treat came from. Okay, maybe not Barnsley, but you get the idea. Now, if you have a Bible, you will know that it is composed of a varied collection of historical accounts, poetry, prophecies and letters. All of which were written over a very long period of time. These books were written in different languages and have been copied and translated many times. <clears throat> Most people consider the different books to be nice moral stories, but don't believe that the words originate from God. Sadly, there are some Christians who say that parts of the Bible are just pictures, but aren't actual history. There are also some people who don't realise that the entire Bible is held together by a single thread. Like a stick of rock, there is one word that is written throughout the entire Bible one name that is above all others, someone who links the entire story from start to end. If you have a bag of broken lumps of sugar, you can tell which are pieces from a stick of rock and which ones aren't, because the pieces from the stick of rock have one word written all the way through them. We have a word in our language that means <coughs> the account of all that has gone before. And that word is history. Can you see that this word is made up of two other words, his and story? So whose story is it? Who is the person whose name is written in the Bible from start to finish? Well, this person is, of course, Jesus Christ. He appears in every book of the Bible. All of scripture points towards Jesus. And in fact, all of recorded history is his story. Like a stick of rock, his name is written throughout the whole Bible, and the rest of history as well. Don't be fooled into thinking that history is about battles or rulers or dynasties and empires. All of history bears the marks of Jesus, both in his provision 
and in his intervention. So how can we see this in the Bible? Let's look at a few examples. Right at the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God says, let us make man in our image. You will notice that this is plural. There is more than one person in the conversation. This is because God is three in one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This means that Jesus is present at the time of creation. In fact, later in the book of Revelation, the angel speaking to the church at Laodicea describes Jesus as the chief of the creation of God, meaning that it was Jesus who was in charge of the physical work of creation. It was Jesus who took God's ideas and turned them into the world we see today. It was Jesus who walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Later, Adam and Eve sinned. They were deceived by Satan, who was posing as a snake. In judging this situation, God said that there would be enmity between the woman and, and Satan, and between her offspring and his. Her offspring would crush Satan's head, but Satan would strike her offspring's heel. In saying this, God was stating right from the very beginning that Satan would kill one of these descendants, but that that person would have the final victory over Satan. Now we know, of course, that this descendant was Jesus himself. In fact, this story goes a bit further because we later read that God made clothes for the man and woman from animal skins. To have made clothes from an animal skin, clearly an animal had, must have had to die. God was pointing out here that forgiveness for sins cannot take place without the shedding of blood. This again is pointing to the later sacrifices at the temple and then the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus himself. Adam and Eve's attempt to rescue the situation by making clothes from fig leaves had failed and God showed them and us that no matter what we do, we cannot fix the problem of sin by ourselves. We must have God's help. In the book of Job, Job is in trouble. He knows that the situation he finds himself in is not his fault. But he also knows that he cannot fix the situation. He must have God's help. He says, Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. My intercessor is my friend, as my eyes pour out tears to God. On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as a man pleads for his friend. From this, we can see that this witness in heaven is not God the Father. It is God the Father to whom the petition is being made. Job knew that he needed a saviour, someone who could enter the presence of God. And that's something that is only possible if you are without sin, in order to make a case for him. The only thing Job didn't know was the name of this Saviour. We, though, do know his name, Jesus Christ. There are many other people and events in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. People who have characteristics of Jesus or who have showed us in advance what Jesus was going to be like. People like Samson with his strength, Noah acting as a rescuer, Gideon defeating enemies. Elijah and Elisha working miracles and raising people from the dead. 
Solomon, who was the wisest man ever, and many more. But what about actual appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament? Well, in the book of Daniel, we find a story about three of Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They'd made the king unhappy by refusing to bow down to a statue of the king. So the king ordered them to be thrown into a furnace, one so hot that it burned up the soldiers who threw them in. Before going into the furnace, they told the king that the God we serve is able to save us from it. And also, we will not worship your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This made the king even more angry, and he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Well, once the three friends had been thrown in, the king looked into the furnace and got a shock. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, and the fourth looks like a son of a god. Of course, this fourth person was Jesus, and the reason the fourth man looked like a son of a god was precisely because he was the son of God. Jesus also appeared directly to Abraham. Abraham was very old at the time and had not had a son to carry on the family line. This was despite the fact that God had promised that he would be a father of many nations. Genesis chapter 18 tells us that the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. In fact, three men appeared that day, Jesus and two angels. The important message they brought was exactly the same message that the angel Gabriel gave to Mary. That was that within a year she would have a son. Now I know that you might ask, how do we know that this man was Jesus? Well, the passage describes the man as the Lord. But how do we know that this wasn't God the Father? Well, John, one of Jesus' disciples, later wrote, No one has ever seen God. Yet he also testified that Jesus was God, which means he must be saying that no one has ever seen God the Father. And that would include Abraham. So the Lord that Abraham saw was God the Son, or Jesus. The last appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament that I want to mention was when he appeared to Joshua, shortly after Joshua had brought the people of Israel into the Promised Land. Joshua looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, for I am Prince of Jehovah's Host. So we can see that this is fairly explicit. The man Joshua has met is Jesus. It's worth noting here that Joshua and Jesus are actually the same name. In both cases, the Jewish version is Yeshua. Changing these names into Greek, then Latin, then English, has led to us using two different names. But it's important that we know that the two names are the same, as it tells us something about the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Moses was the recipient of the Old Covenant, and yet he did not enter the Promised Land. That privilege fell to the one who came after him, Joshua, who also, le who also led many others into the Promised Land with him. This was pointing to Jesus, the man with the same name. 
Only those who accompanied Joshua entered the promised land. And so it will be that only those who accompany Jesus will enter eternal life. If you want to look for more examples, you will find the book of Psalms is full of references to Jesus' life, his deeds, his attributes, his grace and mercy, his love for us. Jesus is the unbroken cord that binds the entire Bible together, that binds all of history, his story, together for all time. Throughout the entire Old Testament, we can see that God was preparing for Jesus' time here on earth. He was telling us the story in advance, because by doing so, he would make it easier for us to recognise Jesus when he came. He was telling us because it is important to know why we need Jesus. If you don't know why you need Jesus, you risk being like Adam, trying to sort things out himself with just a few fig leaves. God demonstrated to Adam that only a blood sacrifice would suffice. Like Job, you need to know that you need someone to represent you. Like Abraham, you need to know that God always keeps his promises. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you need to trust God completely. And like the people travelling with Joshua, you need to stick close to Jesus all the way into the promised land. Hopefully I will see you when we all get there. In the meantime, I trust you will enjoy looking for references to Jesus in the Old Testament. Like a stick of rock, there is only one name written throughout the whole book, and that is the name of Jesus. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.